0: Hi, and welcome to the turbulent world with me, James M. Dorsey, as your host. A Saudi Israeli agreement to establish diplomatic relations involving enhanced U.S. commitments to Gulf security could be a game changer for great power rivalry in the Middle East. To be sure, U.S. President Joe Biden and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu face formidable obstacles. In paying the price tag, Saudi Arabia puts on normalization of relations with Israel. In return for relations, Saudi Arabia has demanded legally binding security commitments from the United States, support for its nuclear program, and unfettered access to sophisticated weaponry, conditions that would be challenged in Congress. The kingdom has also linked diplomatic relations to ambiguously defined progress in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, a demand Mr. Netanyahu will have difficulty meeting with his current coalition government, the most ultra-nationalist and ultra-conservative in his country's history. Speaking to Fox News, Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman described the Palestinian issue as very important and one that we need to solve. Mr. bin Salman shied away from spelling out what a solution would entail, beyond saying he hoped it will ease the life of the Palestinians. Within days of the interview, Saudi Foreign Minister Faisal bin Farhan told the United Nations General Assembly and a webinar normalizing relations with Israel would require a plan to establish an independent Palestinian state. On the first visit to the West Bank, by a senior Saudi official since the creation of the Palestine Authority in 1994, Ambassador Nayef al-Suderi, the kingdom's first envoy to the Palestinian entity, said Saudi Arabia was working towards establishing a Palestinian state with East Jerusalem as its capital. Palestinian officials told their Saudi counterparts that as part of the kingdom's agreement to recognize the Jewish state, Israel would have to stop building new settlements, expand Palestinian control over security and construction in the West Bank, accept full Palestinian membership of the United Nations, and consent to the opening of a Palestine Liberation Organization office in Washington and a U.S. consulate in East Jerusalem. Nevertheless, senior Israeli officials asserted, that Saudi Arabia was merely paying lip service to the Palestinian issue in talks about Israel. A senior Palestinian official conceded that what is being discussed includes elements that are less than statehood. We're talking about a pathway to getting there. The obstacles haven't prevented Messrs. bin Salman and Netanyahu from raising heightened expectations. Recently, by suggesting significant progress in agreeing on the terms of a U.S.-Saudi-Israeli deal. Speaking to Fox News, Mr. Bin Salman said his country and Israel were getting closer daily to establishing for formal relations. Mr. Netanyahu was equally abeliant at the U.N. General Assembly. Largely overlooked in public discussions about a possible Saudi-Israeli normalization of relations is the fact that the Saudi demands signal that the kingdom, like the United Arab Emirates, which is requesting an ironclad security arrangement with United States, prefers the U.S. rather than China to be its security partner for the foreseeable future. Isn't it interesting? When you look at MBS's ask from us, they start with he wants a defense treaty with us. What that tells you is that at the end of the day, they don't think there is anybody else they can rely upon if they really are stranded, said Dennis Ross, a former U.S. Middle East peace negotiator. Mr. Ross was referring to Mr. bin Salman by his initials, MBS. Former U.S. National Security Council official Kirsten Fontenrose argued that Mr. bin Salman had created the situation where he could forcefully argue for a binding security arrangement, even if efforts to forge a deal with Israel failed. MBS looks at this and says, right now, it looks like the sticking point is Israeli politics. So even if I don't get this, I look like the good guy. I expect there will be pressure from the Saudis moving forward, even if we don't get normalization to follow through saying, well, we have arrived so closely on some of uh, these ideas on a U.S. security pact. We've done so much work on civilian nuclear cooperation. Why don't we just continue this, Mrs. Fontenrose said. Even so, it is hard to believe that Saudi Arabia and the UAE think they can retain the freedom to hedge their bets and expand relations with China as well as Russia particularly regarding the Ukraine war and Western sanctions, in ways that the United States would see as threatening its national security and undermining its policies. While the United States would not likely disrupt the Gulf state's economic and trade ties with China, the Gulf's largest trading partner, it would limit Saudi and UAE cooperation with China on geopolitical issues, nuclear development, technology collaboration, and arms acquisition. The administration is asking for some things from the Saudis. They want them to continue to peg oil to the dollar. There was some talk that they may allow the Chinese to buy oil with the Chinese currency. What is being asked here is not to stop their commercial relationship, but to create boundaries in some of the high-tech areas. It's a two-way street, Mr. Ross, the former U.S. negotiator, said. The kingdom cannot have it both ways. If it wants that kind of commitment from the United States, it has to line up with the United States. If our security relationship with Saudi Arabia is to be deepened because the Saudis want it, then there are certain obligations that come with that, said former U.S. diplomat and prominent analyst Martin Indyk. Undoubtedly, Saudi Arabia and the UAE will test how far they can push the envelope if they come to a security understanding with the United States. Ultimately, however, they are likely also to find out that a security arrangement would at least in the Middle East shift the U.S.-China geopolitical power balance in the United States' favor. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed today's column and podcast. The turbulent world with James M. Dorsey depends on the support of its readers. For the past 12 years, I have maintained free distribution as a way of maintaining impact. I am determined to keep it that way. However, to avoid putting up a paywall, I need the support of a core of voluntary paid subscribers to cover the cost of producing the column and podcast. If you believe that the column and podcast add value to your understanding and that of the broader public, Please consider becoming a paid subscriber. You can do so by clicking on Substack on the subscription button at www.jamesmdorsey.substack.com and choosing one of the subscription options. Thank you, take care, and best wishes.